Hello and welcome to this latest installment of Barnard's on the NBA. I'm your host, Matt Barnard, and I'm joined here by my son and co-host, Emilio. Hey, it's me, Emilio. Yeah, Emilio doing a little uh, intro off the top for this episode. Uh, we, uh, we're, we're back uh, once again to uh, continue our series today where we uh, uh, discuss the best lineups one could put together of NBA players based upon where they played in college. On this episode, we're going to be discussing... Auburn and Alabama. As we do in these episodes, we go position by position, starting at center, followed by power forward, small forward, shooting guard, and point guard. Without further ado, let's uh, jump right into it. Emilio, who do you have at Auburn center? Matt Geiger. You're talking about the man known as Muldoon. Tell us a little bit about Matt Geiger. There wasn't that many other good center choices there, so I had to pick Matt Geiger. I mean, he was an okay player for a long time. Yeah, we discussed him a little bit in our uh, Georgia Tech episode. He's one of these uh, players who attended multiple colleges. Uh, Had a reasonably notable career, a seven-footer who uh, featured on the uh, the Heat, the Hornets, and the Sixers. Made a uh, finals appearance, I believe, with those Sixers as well. Yep, he did. He did. Solid enough career. I mean, didn't really um, have a particularly expansive game, kind of a a conventional big man in a lot of respects, you know, inside scorer and rebounder, but certainly a physical presence. Um, Didn't make my team, but definitely uh, there aren't that many uh, center options at Auburn. I I would would agree with that. Well, I think you might get a little bit upset about this, Emilio, because uh, we did discuss it briefly uh, before uh, before the record, and you mentioned that you would not not like to see this player at center on uh, on, on my team, but I did ultimately select uh, Charles Barkley. What? Now, Char- no. Charles Barkley, n- no. n- not a center. Emilio is going to have a, ca- no. a categorization issue here. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. All right, so so uh, I have him at power forward. Yeah, so and that is more reasonable than him having at center. This guy was six. Six and he was two fifty two. Yeah, but as, as we know, I mean Charles Barkley, you know, was able to have a lot of impact for a guy who was six six, a tremendous rebounder and defensive player, interior guy. I I, I agree with you. Uh, I'm I'm stretching it here. He's he's not a center. He didn't play center in his time. Okay. I think in today's game, maybe maybe he could be a center. Yeah. I mean, so you know, uh, all right. So you're you're conceding that. I think that's fair. Let's let's uh, so I have Charles Barkley at center. I agree it's a stretch. You have him at power forward, but let's let's show some respect to one of the all time greats. Mills. Okay, us a little I bit just about want Charles. to tell you all of his nicknames: Sir Charles, the ma- the round mound of rebound, the ch- the Chuckster, the Chuck Wagon, the Prince of Pizza, the Incredible Bulk, the Leaning Tower of Pizza, Bread Truck, and Boy. Boy Gorge. <laughs> Boy Gorge. And he's a Hall of Famer, 11-time All-Star, 86-87 rebound champ, 11-time All-NBA, All-Rookie Team, 85-84-85, um, All-Star Game MVP, 90-91, MVP. Yeah, just a remarkable, remarkable career. I mean, uh, obviously someone who got up to the level of winning an MVP was the best player on a finals team uh, going up against the Jordan Bulls. Uh, in, in the finals with the Suns, uh, an incredible player. I mean, despite his uh, his short stature, part of, I mean, uh, you know, his his numbers all time in the NBA in NBA history are, are just incredible. I mean, where he places, you know, in the top twenty in uh, all time leaderboards, 
in offensive rebounds, offensive rating, VORP, offensive win shares, PER, true shooting percentage, win shares per 48 minutes, box plus minus, defensive rebounds, free throws, win shares, offensive rebound percentage, total rebounds. I mean, all those statistics. He's in the top 20 all time. But he's not first in any of them. Yes. Well, it's hard to be first in, uh, in, in an NBA statistical category all time. He's sixth in offensive rebounds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, r- really, I mean, uh, so, some of the counting numbers on this guy are, are really just remarkable. I mean, his shooting percentage early in his career, I mean, up near uh, 60% for for a lot of his prime, uh, scoring upwards of 25 points per game during that period as well in his years in, in Philadelphia. Just a, an, an amazing player and obviously someone who's uh, had a large impact on the NBA and retirement as well as a commentator. I mean, one of the most yeah. visible in the game. Yeah, I thought you were going to choose Makadu Njai. Your well, well, we we might come back to Mamadou Njai, who had a slightly less notable career than uh, than Charles Barkley. And uh, I was going to be really mad at you when you picked him. I I, I, I see. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so <laughs> nice. Charles Barkley, clearly the best player ever to come out of Auburn, as you mentioned, a Hall of Famer. You know, no question about that. Man, uh, never won an NBA title. Obviously, got pretty close with uh, with the Rockets, but uh, a remarkable, remarkable career all the same. And the Suns. And, and, and right, got close with the Suns too. Part of that uh, storied uh, 1984 draft class. I mean, the top team number one, Sam Bowie number two, Michael Jordan number three, Sam Perkins number four, Charles Barkley number five, Mel Turpin number six, Alvin Robertson number seven, Lancaster Gordon. All right, eight, all right, all right. That's a, Thorpe, number yeah, nine. really, really an incredible draft <laughs> class up there at the top, and, and Charles Barkley, you know, one of those. And uh, John Stockton going down there at 16. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a really deep draft class in addition to those uh, star-studded uh, top five. Kevin Wallace was also there at 11. Yeah, uh, we are <laughs> looking at the uh, at the draft order from 1984. All right, so let, let's let's move on here. Um, I, I mentioned I had Charles Barkley at, at center. You had him at power forward. So we can move on to my power forward. I had Chuck Person. I had him at small forward. All right, so let, let's get into uh, Chuck Person right now. I remember this man as a phenomenal shooter for his time. Yeah, I mean, he made the three-point contest, won Rookie of the Year, made the All-Rookie Team. I mean, if you're going to win All-Rookie of the Year, you've got to make the All-Rookie Team. Has there ever ever been somebody who was the Rookie of the Year and didn't make the All-Rookie Team? I actually don't know the answer to that question, but I think there's almost no chance of it because they <laughs> decide these things at the same time. So it would be really peculiar. I know sometimes you see uh, strange all-stars situations where someone like wins the MVP or wins like some year-end award, but they weren't an all-star. But that's because you know the all-stars are determined mid-season and the year-end awards are determined at the end of the season. Obviously, but I mean these these uh, the all rookie team and the rookie of the year are determined at the same time. So it seems highly unlikely. Uh, Chuck Person, a uh, 6'8", 220, um, mostly power forward, but played some small forward as well. Uh, the number four pick in the uh, 86 draft. And uh, just a fantastic shooter. I mean, as we've discussed so many times, I mean, not, not a lot of volume um, on, on the, the long ball uh, relative to, uh, you know, what we're used to now. But for his time, I mean, you look at, at the number of three-point shots he was getting up and the percentage that he was hitting at, it's pretty impressive. I mean, he had years where he was shooting over four and then o- over five threes per game on a number of different seasons and and hitting at a, you know, shot 36% from three for his career. Two two threes a game, two and a half threes a game. um, That is best. 
Yeah, so I mean, really had a had a substantial impact uh, as a, as an outside shooter and and as as a starter in the league for for quite some time. Played nine hundred forty three regular season games, starting over six hundred and twenty of them. So yeah, really substantial career for uh, for Chuck Person, as you mentioned, uh, made an impact right away, winning uh, Rookie of the Year when he entered the league, and still uh, 69th all time in three pointers. Yeah. So who do you have at small forward? Because I had Chuck Person. Yeah, so I had uh, I had Mike Mitchell. Uh, do you look into Mike Mitchell at all? This guy w- was an all star, a uh, first round pick back in uh, 1978. Or you're just like chasing me down my list. He's my student guard. Oh, great! So, let, <laughs> so let, let, let's get into Mike Mitchell a little bit. Interesting uh, career arc. I mean, really, really got strong out of the out of the gate and through the through his um, career. 20s and yeah, really his entire time in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I think he was a great player. I mean, averaged 19.8 points per game for his career. Only 2.7 personal fouls. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess that's relevant. Um, yeah, but notably uh, played a lo- long time overseas. I mean, left the NBA after his age 32 season with the Spurs and uh, went on to play in Italy for uh, a long time. I mean, I think yes. into his 40s. Yeah, he played from in Italy for 10 years, from 33 to 43 yeah. Yeah, with the year uh, in in Israel uh, intermixed in there. Uh, yeah, interesting to uh, to learn more about uh, about Mike Mitchell. Uh, unfortunately, uh, passed away back in uh, in in twenty eleven at, at age fifty five. Um, yeah, but uh, I mean, uh, you know, very very successful in the NBA. I mean, average over twenty points per game. What is this like eight seasons? Um, really substantial. Yeah, I mean, he has the same birthday as my mom. That's uh yeah that's true uh quite a few years uh, earlier but uh both uh, both January first uh, he was almost days. born um nineteen fifty five and died at fifty five it's uh, a lot of fifty fives going on but Mike Mitchell definitely a notable career not someone I, I knew a ton about to be honest I mean prior to yeah. uh, to do, yeah, doing yeah. some research into this I mean his career ended NBA career in any event ended in uh, nineteen eighty eight so kind of before I had my eyes on the on the league to the same degree that I would uh, later on. Notably, uh, ninth all-time in uh, turnover percentage. So a very, very efficient player. Did not turn the ball over much at yeah. all. So um, who do you have a turn Because I have Mike Mitchell. Yeah, so I had uh, Wesley Person, the second uh, person or – and we've actually – yeah, I mean, the, the, the second person on uh, on, on these <laughs> lists. Um, uh, yeah, I, I had him at, at, at the two, um, a member of the 94-95 uh, uh, all-rookie team. But like his brother Chuck Person – a really, really good shooter. I mean, I think by percentage, even more impressive than uh, than Chuck Person. Forty-one percent, almost forty-two percent for his career. Yeah, you, as you mentioned, did play after Chuck Person. I mean, Chuck Person entering the league, I believe we said in uh, 1986, and Wesley Person coming along a full eight years later. So definitely a different era, a significant gap in, uh, in in time there, and more threes available, more threes being shot as uh, Wesley Person. Made his he, way into the mix. His brother shot more threes. Yeah, his, it's it's true. I mean, I think both of them got up to about five and a half uh, per game at, at their peak. I mean, in, in terms of the volume. But uh, Wesley Person, I mean, you look at those uh, three point shooting percentages throughout his career. I mean, really up and down. Forty eight percent for his for forty one percent for his career. Yeah, pretty impressive. I mean, that that's good for. Uh, 15th all time. I mean, in, in uh, three point shooting percentage. So, I mean, even now that looks uh, pretty good and was able to uh, contribute on uh, quite a few teams, 733 regular season games. 
Uh, some good work by uh, by Wesley Person. Uh, I mean, not the uh, not the longest career relative to uh, to some, but definitely uh, definitely impressive. Yeah. Uh, so, um, had you considered uh, Wesley Person? Yes, but he's not on my team. At my point guard. Yeah. Uh, who do you have? Eddie Johnson. Yeah, this is who I had too. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Eddie Johnson. Two time All Star, two time All Defense. This guy was good. Yeah. Not necessarily actually a point guard, uh, I, I wouldn't no. say, but probably the best fit among uh, Auburn options here. Uh, definitely more of an assist guy than uh, than his counterparts from Auburn, I, I would say. I mean, the guy averaged uh, over five assists per game for his career in also addition to – score. Yeah, I mean, 15 points per game as well. But he only averaged 2.5 personal fouls per game. Yeah, you seem uh, unusually fixated <laughs> on personal fouls in uh, the early part of this episode. But I, th- I feel like most players average like 3.7 personal fouls. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's not true. I think uh, as we continue to look at players uh, throughout the remainder of this episode, I think we might find uh, that's not quite <laughs> quite accurate. But, yeah, I mean, the guy who was able to play quite a few minutes, I mean, averaged uh, you know just, just about 30 minutes per game for his uh, career over the course of 675 regular season games, known as uh, Fast Eddie. A uh, quick guy and a brother who played in the league for quite some time, and Frank Johnson as well. And a notable career. I mean, two-time All Defense, as you said. Really a good player, and, and yeah. stands out among uh, other options from uh, Auburn. So why don't we run down our, our teams here, and we can uh, then get to a few other players from Auburn. Um, I had Senator Mac Geiger, Power Forward, Charles Barkley, Small Forward, Chuck Person, Shooting Guard, Mike Mitchell, Montgomery Johnson. And I had Center uh, Charles Barkley, uh, Power Forward, Chuck Person. Small forward Mike Mitchell, shooting guard Wesley Person, and point guard Eddie Johnson. I think it's still pretty bad that you had Charles Barkley in center. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what, what our listeners think. Uh, I, I agree; it's a stretch. So let, let's talk about a player we've uh, really come to admire over the course of uh, this year. Checking out some of his uh, basketball cards that have been floating around our house. Talking Chris about uh, Bernard Moore. Yeah, I was just going to ask if you knew what his uh, what his middle name was. Uh, Bernard. <laughs> Chris Morris, uh, number four pick in the uh, 1988 NBA draft. I actually remember this guy playing for the Nets uh, growing up in, in New York in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. Uh, tell us a little bit about Chris Morris. So I had a reasonable career. Yeah, average um, 10, 11 points per game for his career. Um, yeah, I mean, he not going to make this team if he's playing small forward, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it started you know 436 uh, regular season games. It's a high high quality career. Not those Nets teams were no great shakes, but a, a contributor all the same. Good yes. career from uh, from Chris Bernard Morris. Wanted to mention as well, um, John Mengelt. You uh, look into John Mengelt at all? Yeah, I actually have something to say about him. Um, I want to say that I have nothing to say about him. Well, that's uh, pretty bold, and uh, it seems like you uh, you might have planned that one. Uh, consistent number 15 where over the course of his career, like a two guard up. Uh, yeah. I mean, not, not, not a ton, to, not a ton to, uh, to say about John Mangelt, but uh, uh, a no- notable player in the sense that he played over uh, 600 regular season games yes. uh, and went to, went to Auburn, was, was a contributor, started a bunch uh, during his, uh, during his career. Also wanted to mention uh, Marquise Daniels. I actually like this guy quite a bit. I remember his career it wasn't that long ago. Uh, came into the league as uh, I believe an undrafted uh, free agent, yeah, and was in the rookie of the year. Well, he wasn't rookie of the year. He was on the he was on the all rookie team. Uh, w- was an interesting prospect uh, coming out of college and uh, kind of slipped through the cracks and made his way to the Mavericks and and had uh, 
had a substantial impact right away. I mean, started a bunch of games for the Mavericks early in his career before uh, kind of working his way into more of a reserve role in his other spots uh, in Indiana and in uh, Boston. And I guess he finished up his career with the Bucks as well, only a few years ago. So, I mean, uh, you know, just uh, just 39 even mm-hmm. uh, even now. He could go back. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you never know with, with these things. Birthday's only two days before mine. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to mention uh, Chris Porter as well. Chris Porter, a guy who didn't play very much in the NBA at all, but a uh, very memorable player on uh, probably the best Auburn uh, college team in recent memory. I believe they got to number one in the country or were maybe just the number one seed in the uh, NCAA tournament, but uh, led by Chris Porter, this guy who had uh, very memorable hair. Um, yeah, I was kind of disappointed and, and also a pretty uh, acrobatic uh, game, uh, did not make it in the NBA. I was kind of hoping his, uh, his dunking style and, uh, yeah, that we, we would see that a bit more in, uh, in, in the league, but it didn't ultimately work out for, uh, Chris Porter. One more, uh, notable player from, uh, from Auburn, Mamadou Njai. Mills, uh, anything interesting to say about, uh, Mamadou? Maybe. Well, he was seven. He's seven five. So, yeah. actually, listed on Basketball Reference at uh, at seven foot. But we found evidence elsewhere that he's uh, considerably taller than that. I believe Wikipedia has uh, has that has him listed at. Uh, okay, 7'5". we don't know which one's right. I mean, yeah, I guess I guess that's I guess that's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. So. Um, Let's uh, let, let's wrap up this segment, and we'll uh, we'll come back in just a moment and uh, talk Alabama. And we're back to uh, continue our uh, conversation, uh, talking about Alabama players. Let's start at center, Mills. Who do you have at Alabama center? Edmund Antonio McDice. Yeah, the Dice Man. Love this guy. Let's uh, talk a little bit about Antonio McDice. Yeah. Um. Before we do that, I know you wanted to correct yourself about um. Mamadou Njai? Yeah, there have actually been two Mamadou Njais in the league. The one who actually, or excuse me, two Mamadou Njais who have been around the NBA. The uh, seven foot five guy has never actually played in the league. I was getting uh, him confused with the one who played at Auburn, who was only seven feet tall. So Both pretty tall. Both extremely tall, but uh, thank you for uh, inviting me to make that correction. Let's, uh, let's talk about the nice man. Yeah, I mean, I know you like him, so. Take it away. Yeah, number two overall pick in the uh, 95 draft uh, out of Alabama and uh, definitely a big part of um, some really good teams. I mean, played on the Pistons. Yeah, an all-star in 2001, 2002 with the uh, Nuggets, the team that drafted him. Actually had an interesting situation where he was uh, drafted by the Nuggets, played there for two seasons, got dealt to the Suns, and then right back to the Nuggets for for the following season. You know who did that a lot? Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson like <laughs> went from one team to another and then back. Yes, like multiple times. Yeah, uh, but we gotta gotta dig into that. Uh, but yeah, Antonio McDice had had an early part of his career where he was, uh, you know, capable of scoring in the high teens or twenties, uh, getting you know up near uh, double digit rebounds as well as a, as a starter. But then uh, transitioned uh, after a pretty serious knee injury that kept him out for an entire season to being more of a role player, but was really good in that role particularly with the, with the Pistons uh, later in his career uh, from age 30 to uh, age 34, part of uh, Piston teams that uh, got to the finals in, in that first season and then um, were you know involved in the Eastern Conference Finals for a few years after that. So definitely a, a Piston uh, that I remember fondly, guy who chose to come to the Pistons as a free agent when the, after the team had won the title 
I wanted to, uh, you know, a little bit of ring chasing with the Pistons, which uh, I'll, yeah. I'll always appreciate. Um, he actually played the most games with the Pistons. Played five seasons there, played six seasons with the Nuggets, but still played the most games. Yeah, because definitely uh, dealt with some injury issues. I mean, especially around that 2002-2003 uh, season that he missed in its entirety. He only played 10 games the season prior to that. So it was uh, definitely a bit of a struggle for him around that time. And he, even the year following, I mean, only played 42 games. So uh, it, it took coming to the Pistons and kind of getting himself right uh, before he was able to start playing consistent games again. And, you know, got up to playing in, you know, in the high 70s and 80s for, uh, for a few years after that. So fortunately, was able to get his career back on track, but was really a phenomenal athlete, too, upon entering the league. Mm-hmm. And uh, definitely his size and athleticism continued to serve him well later in his career as he uh, made his way as a role player. I had him at center as well. So let's uh, move on to power forward. Mills, who'd you have there? I had Robert Ory. Robert Ory. Yeah, now this this man's name has to be spoken in hushed tones. I mean, e- even among uh, the all-time great NBA shooters, the all-time NBA clutch performers, there's a special place for Robert Ory. Big shot, Bob. Yeah, um, big shot, Rob, too, and the key man. I mean, seven-time NBA champ. Yeah, talk a little bit about like what what you think of when uh, when you think Robert Ory. Good player. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> more specifically, I mean, like the, the- buzzer beater against the king. Exactly. I mean, this guy is known for making huge, huge shots in the playoffs, in championship moments, and as you mentioned, a seven-time NBA champion. Yeah. Now, if you look at his uh, at his career overall, I mean, really, not a guy who started a ton of games. I mean, played uh, eleven hundred games in his career. Uh, Four hundred seven. Four hundred eighty starts. Exactly. I mean, le- less than half of his uh, of his games played uh, were in- involved starts during his career. Played, uh, you know, averaged just uh, twenty four and a half minutes per game during his uh, during his career. But it was in the playoffs that really, I mean, like it, it, it changed up for him. I mean, like you know, his uh, minutes per game went up in the playoffs. Uh, his opportunities went up in the playoffs, and and really just became. Uh, I mean, everybody knew the deal with with Robert Ory. This guy was a, a big-time performer in, in the biggest moments, and uh, those came in the playoffs. And, I mean, played 244 games in the playoffs. Yeah, pretty good. It's pretty wild. And, uh, you know, winning t- winning his first title at age 23, his last at age 36. I mean, a guy who – Three with the Lakers, two with the Rockets, and one with the Spurs. Yeah, really the, the ultimate role player. I mean, I mean two with the Spurs. Two of the Spurs late in his career, yeah, in uh, 05 and 07. Really, the, the ultimate role player. I mean, a guy who I think has an interesting Hall of Fame case uh, because he was so good at exactly what it was that he was asked to do. Yeah, I, I just want to know what his career high is. Um, yeah, I mean, he scored 40 points in a game on saying He must have been hot that game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and you know, we know he's he was capable of, uh, of heating up like that, hit nine threes in a, in a game once. But uh, really, it was about uh, taking the shots in, in those huge moments as opposed to being about a uh, volume for uh, for Robert Ory, a yeah. seven-time champion and, uh, you know, an NBA legend. I mean, without any question, despite yes. not being a Hall of Famer. Do you think he has a Hall of Fame argument? No. Just based on the volume? Just not enough there for you? I mean, yeah, I wonder what his Hall of Fame percentage is, but... I, I don't I can't imagine it's like fifty percent. Yeah, just just it's three point eight. We're looking at it on the uh, Basketball Reference page. Uh, shout out Basketball Reference. Um, 
Yeah, not a uh, not not Hall of Fame caliber by the numbers, certainly, but uh, you know his reputation speaks for itself. Yes, I don't think he's going to get into the Hall of Fame though. Yeah, perhaps not. So I had him at power forward as well. Let's move on to small forward Mills. Who'd you have there? I actually wanted to say one more thing about um, him. He was actually traded for Charles Barkley and Sam Cassell and a couple other. That is notable. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a, that's a great point. I, that was uh, the, the the move that uh, yeah was between the Rockets and the Suns there. So definitely uh, related to another guy we talked we talked about in this episode. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get into uh, Derek McKee. Yeah, that's why I have at um, small forward. Do you have those two guys? Um, these three guys there too. Uh, I did not. I do not have all three of them. I have uh, Antonio McDyess and Robert Orion in their center and power forward spots, but I have a different small forward. Let's talk about Derek McKee first. I definitely considered him. Two-time All Defense, All Rookie Team, eighty-seven, eighty-eight. This guy was a decent player. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, got got in uh, nine hundred and thirty-seven regular season games in the league. Uh, ninth overall pick back in uh, nineteen eighty-seven. He's um, you know only fifty. He's fifty-three right now. So you never know. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, in all seriousness, I mean, uh, really a good performer on uh, some good Sonics and uh, Pacers teams. Definitely remember him more on those Pacers teams challenging the uh, the Knicks uh, during the Patrick Ewing, John Starks, uh, Charles Oakley kind of era in the uh, mid-90s. And, uh, yeah, I mean, had, had a long and productive NBA career. I mean, you know, you look at his numbers now, not a uh, – not, not maybe a three as much by our current standards because of his uh, shooting limitations. I mean, not a guy who could really shoot from distance and didn't do so with, with much volume, but one of these things, you know, hard to know how that would translate in, uh, in today's game. I mean, he was taking like a ridiculous number of shots a game. He was taking like 11 shots. Early in his career, yeah, with the, uh, with, with the Supersonics. Yeah, I don't think that's good. <laughs> well, it's all context dependent, right? I mean, uh, you know, depending on who else is, uh, is is around to take those shots on those uh, those Sonics teams early in his career. I mean, I mean, they had Gary Payton and Dana Barrows. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, John Kemp, Avery Johnson. Yeah, I mean, you know, you need you need a lot of guys to uh, to score the ball in uh, in, in, the, in the league. So D- Derek McKee, uh, you know, capable of getting to his shot, especially in those earlier days uh, in the NBA. So, yeah, as I said, I considered uh, Derek McKee here, but I went with uh, Gerald Wallace instead. Uh, You seem seem a little bit surprised. Gerald Wallace, a a really good player. I mean, a one-time all-star, all-defense player uh, once upon a time, led the league in steals at one time as well. A really, really athletic uh, defender, dunker early in his career especially. Uh, Came into the league really young, only played a year at Alabama. Uh, but made an impact after after getting his feet wet with uh, just a little bit of playing time in his first few years in yeah, Sacramento. This guy could really throw down. Could really throw down. Taken in the expansion draft by the uh, Bobcats, and was uh, one of their initial stars. I mean, you know, not not a lot of uh, talent available to the Bobcats when they first entered the league, but he uh, took on a much much larger role than he had had in uh, in Sacramento, and um, you know, kind of flourished over the course of uh, a number of years in uh, in, in Charlotte with, with those Bobcats teams. Uh, moved on later in his career to uh, play with the uh, the Blazers and the uh, and, and the Nets. Famously traded from the Blazers to the Nets for the pick that became Damian Lillard. Ooh, <laughs> it's a tough 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 break there for the uh, for, for the Nets. Yay, Nets! Yeah, moving on from that number six pick for uh, for Gerald Wallace. So 
But that doesn't undermine, uh, uh, not not to undermine that, Gerald Wallace's career overall, his contributions. A really, really good defensive player and uh, hung around yes. for, for quite some time with his uh, phenomenal athleticism. Wrapped up his career uh, just in 2015 at age uh, 32. Yeah, you want to know the shooting guard? Because this guy choked his coach. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's true. We're talking about Spree, Latrell Spreewell. Yeah, four-time All-Star, All-Rookie Team, All-NBA, um, All-Defense. All-NBA and All-Defense in the same year. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he was first-team All-NBA uh, that, that season. So, I mean, like, we're talking why, about at the top of the league. I wonder why I didn't get All-NBA any other years. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, not, not the most uh, uh, consistent career, I would say. I mean, def- definitely peaked in, in that season. But um, – It might be because of um, – you know the the choking. Yeah, yeah, it definitely hurt his reputation. There's no question about it. Famously uh, choked uh, PJ Carlissimo uh, during the end of his time with the Warriors. It was a huge story then, for sure. I mean, I guess it would be a big story now too. But at the time, it certainly dominated sports media for a long time. A lot of uh, discussion about how long the suspension should be and like whether it was even okay for another team to acquire him to. You know, uh, and it was the Knicks. And it was the Knicks. The Knicks, yeah. Knicks brought him back, and he gave the Knicks quite a few uh, solid years. I mean, at, at a bare minimum, as a starter and as a primary scorer. I mean, averaging you know upwards of uh, 17 points per game across uh, several years with the uh, with, with the Knicks, four years yeah. with the Knicks, uh, or parts of five guy, seasons with the Knicks. And this guy only averaged 1.8 personal fouls per game. Yeah, so I mean, you can already see. I mean, you know, <laughs> we're way off uh, your your established uh, threshold. What was it 3.7? Uh, yeah. The, yeah, I feel like the players foul out a bunch. Well, you definitely have seen a lot of uh, foul outs in, uh, in these uh, these games that have been happening in the bubble. I feel like the uh, number of fouls in general has uh, gone up considerably. So maybe we got more more fouls on the brain than uh, we've typically seen over the course of NBA history. Yeah. But anyway, Latrell Sprewell, not a really high foul player, but a, a really productive scorer to be sure. Yes, for sure. And um, 33% yeah. or almost 34% three-point shooter. Uh, yeah. Got up a reasonable volume for uh, for his time, and um, yeah, good scorer. Yeah, exactly. You had there too. I did. I had Latrell Sprewell at the two. Mills, who'd you have at the one? Mo Williams. I actually scored forty five points with him in a video game. Nice, nice, <laughs> pretty, pretty impressive. I had Mo Williams as well. Let's talk a little bit about him. Yeah, one time All Star, NBA champion with the Cavs. The LeBron Cavs. Yeah, late late in his career, but uh, did did get that title. It was a contributor on that uh, that 2016 Cavs championship team, and uh, yeah, came into the league pretty pretty early with the uh, you know and and in an unheralded role with the Jazz. It was a second round pick, but I uh, really made the most of it. Yeah, he played another year with the Jazz later in his career, and that's the team that I scored 35 points and 45 points with. I never did him once. Impressive. Uh, <laughs> Got from a uh, for, for, from a bench role uh, that first year of his career up to uh, starting every game he played by the by his second season. So really yeah. established himself pretty quickly. Found himself in a good situation where uh, there was a you know opportunity for him. But um, yeah, I mean you know got up to seventeen point per game scorer for uh, for several years during his prime. As you mentioned, was an all star with the with the Cavaliers back in uh, two thousand nine. Yes. So definitely a, a strong career. I think um, clearly the uh, the best point guard option. Uh, from the players yes. who played at Alabama. And the best player from Alabama, Latrell Spreewell. 
Overall, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's interesting to think about because could be uh, Robert Ory. Yeah, I think a lot of people would say Robert Ory just because of his impact on, on NBA history overall. But I think uh, Latrell Sprewell probably like if you stacked up the career value, you know, what, what he did across his entire career contributions. I mean, it might might be Latrell Sprewell, especially in if you're just looking at the regular season or uh, just raw numbers. Let's yeah. run down our, uh, our our lineups from Alabama. We can move on to a couple of the players we want to discuss. San Antonio McDice, power forward Robert Ory, small forward Derek McKee, shooting guard Latrell Spirell, and point guard Mo Williams. And I had uh, center Antonio McDice, power forward Robert Ory, uh, small forward Gerald Wallace, shooting guard Latrell Spirell, and point guard Mo Williams. Now, I know you wanted to talk about T.R. Dunn. Now, I actually didn't really, but okay. Well, let's talk T.R. Dunn a little bit here. Three-time all-defense player. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I really don't have that much to say about him because I didn't really look at him that much. I mean, wasn't that great offensively? I mean, yeah. Yeah, but uh, pretty impressive on, uh, on on D there. Let's talk about some. Uh, some yeah, nice but he only. I don't know why he's on the defense team, but because he only averaged one point three steals per game for his career and point three blocks a game. Well, you know, there's more to more to defense than just racking up those uh, particular statistics. But uh, I, I agree; those aren't necessarily eye catching. Although his uh, his steal numbers during his prime are, are, are pretty nice, uh, up up close to two and, and over two on uh, in, in one season. Yeah. Anyway, let, let's move on to uh, some of the players who are currently in the league who uh, went to Alabama. Uh, let's talk to Michael Green. We've been watching a bunch of this guy on the Clippers. Currently, has a big role. Uh, what what have you seen from Michael Green? I mean, this guy can really pop it for a big man. Yeah, I mean, he's he's six eight, so I mean, you know, kind of. Uh, Nor, nor, normal kind of power forward, small forward size, but uh, yeah, the, uh, talk about talk a bit about what you've seen in his game. I mean, thirty seven percent shooter from three, so I mean, he he can pop it. Yeah, I've seen him popping a lot. So yeah, I think he's a good player, but not amazing. Yeah, really capable of uh, of sliding over to center. Has has been in uh, in in some uh, Clippers units at center as well, and I think uh, you know as as a thirty year old right now, I mean, really in a prime position to uh, contribute as a. Uh, as a role player on, you know, potentially a title team. I mean, we could be talking about him as an NBA champ uh, in, yes. you know, just a couple months. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely, there's a good chance. He certainly has a better chance of winning a title in the near term than uh, Colin Sexton, who uh, <laughs> yeah. is also uh, an Alabama player, just entered the league a couple of years ago as the eighth overall pick in uh, 2018. Mm-hmm. And what are your thoughts on, uh, on Colin Sexton early in his career? Yeah, he's okay. I mean, not great, but he had a Ooh, 20.8 points per game this year. Yeah, actually he took some – Yeah, killing he, it. He took some steps forward. I mean, in his age 21 season, I mean, you can look at his numbers this year versus last. I mean, shooting percentage way up, you know. I mean, like from, you know, 43% to 47%. So, getting, getting some of the bad stuff out of his game. And, uh, you know, shooting threes at a pretty good – I mean, pretty good percentage. I mean, pretty good is underselling it, right? I mean, 39% so far on the three ball for his career. Uh, maybe not quite the volume that you're looking for. Only four threes a game, a little bit low for a starting player uh, right now in the NBA. But, you know, who knows if he can uh, continue to amp that up a little bit, he could be an even more effective scorer. I think the main knock against uh, Colin Sexton at this point is you, you look at his uh, rebounding and assist numbers, his steal numbers, his block numbers. I mean, like really not doing a whole lot aside from scoring. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's partially impacted by uh, the guys who are around him and obviously the, the Cavaliers. You know, I mean, they, they've, he's had some players there. I mean, he's had Kevin Love there at, at least when he's been healthy. I mean, he now will have Andre Drummond there. 
uh, going forward. So, you know, maybe you see some of these uh, other numbers assist in particular start to uh, tick up as he has opportunity yeah. to uh, you know, throw some more rebounding. lobs, that kind of stuff. Rebounding. He's not that big, so. Yeah, exactly. Just 6'1", 190, so not a lot of size. But, uh, you know, some positive uh, signs from this season, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so we've also been watching a bit of uh, Dante Hall. I know you've uh, you've had your eye on this guy. What, uh, what, what, what have you seen from Dante so far? He's pretty good. I mean, he played on the Pistons a little bit. I mean, he only played four games there. Yeah. He's played nine games in the league so far and five games on the Nets. But he, I saw him yeah. on playing um, with, uh, with the Nets. Yeah. In the in the um, CD games, he was nasty. I mean, he pushed over Giannis, and Giannis was like, Argh. "Yeah, Giannis is not going to like that." Uh, shooting seventy-seven percent on the Nets. I mean, this guy really locked in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, just uh, messing around with the small sample stuff, but for real, I mean, fourteen of eighteen uh, shooting with the Nets, obviously. Uh, Getting to a shot and, uh, and and filling it up so far. So early days to be sure for Dante Hall, but maybe he has uh, an opportunity here with the Nets, or or, or somewhere else. Who, who knows? I mean, uh, but only, age, only twenty-two. A, um, Jimmy Butler type. He has a long way to go to be as good as Jimmy Butler, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, probably. Not. <laughs> I, I, I guess we'll see. Um, interesting uh, comp there. <laughs> not sure. Wanted to uh, mention uh, Alonzo G as well. I actually don't have that much to say on this guy to tell you the truth. Yeah, still only 33 years old. So, I mean, maybe an opportunity to get back in the league, but uh, hasn't played uh, since 2017, at least in the NBA. Yeah, not great, brother. Kind of a defensive specialist. uh, Managed to uh, start quite a few games on some bad uh, Cavs teams, as I recall. Uh, You know, kind of in that break between the LeBron years and uh, or the the first LeBron years and, and the LeBron years that came later. Uh, yeah, not not a super notable NBA career aside from uh, his name, uh, you know, Alonzo G, kind of cool. Another name guy I wanted to uh, mention, I remember this guy getting drafted and thinking it was very uh, amusing at the time. Roy Rogers? Yeah, Roy Rogers, uh, taken in the uh, 96 uh, NBA draft. There was a uh, long-time fast food place uh, known for its roast beef called uh, Roy Rogers, and uh, that was uh, – that's uh, that was that was this guy as well. Not 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 an incredibly long NBA career, but uh, an amusing one to be sure. Yes, uh, I don't, have no idea who that is. Just to let you know. Fair enough. And uh, I also wanted to mention uh, David Benoit. This guy could really throw down. I remember him being part of those uh, Malone Stockton teams in the uh, w- with the Jazz in the early '90s. Surprising that his career really uh, didn't go very far from there. I mean, those were kind of in his uh, mid twenties, but uh, you know, dealt with some injuries and such. So you know, that takes on a lot of guys. It's uh, you know, unfortunate story for uh, many players. Yeah. So right. um, you want to wrap this up? Yeah, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and uh, compare these two squads. Now we're back to uh, wrap this episode by comparing the uh, players who selected from Auburn and Alabama. Let's go through this position by position as we do. Let's uh, start at center where we've got Auburn's Matt Geiger and Alabama's Antonio McDice. Who do you got, Mills? It's easy. Antonio McDice. Yeah, Dice Man, I think a considerably higher quality player, part of some better teams, higher draft pick, better pedigree, all that stuff. So I, I agree with you there. So that gives Alabama a one nothing lead. At uh, power forward, this one's going to be tricky. 
No, it isn't. Power forward Charles Barkley of Auburn, one of the greatest NBA players of all time, versus Alabama's Robert Ory. Charles Barkley. Got to be Charles Barkley there, which is going to even it up at 1-1. But that, that's actually a pretty, pretty cool matchup, though, between uh, clear-cut Hall of Famer, one of the all-time greats, and one of the most uh, legendary clutch performers in NBA history. Yes. All right, so at, at a small forward, we've got Auburn's Chuck Person and Alabama's Derek McKee. I'm going to go with Chuck Person. Yeah, what's your uh, logic there? I feel like that, that one's a fairly close matchup. I think he's just a better shooter. I mean, I think he's just a better overall player. Yeah, I can see it. I mean, I think you could uh, probably make arguments uh, one way or the other on that one. So that gives uh, Auburn a, a two-to-one edge. Let's look at uh, shooting guards where we've got Auburn's Mike Mitchell and Alabama's Latrell Sprewell. Latrell Sprewell. I think that one's pretty easy. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. Yeah, played longer. And, uh, I mean, Mike, Mike Mitchell had a great career, though. Really better yeah. than I had realized prior to uh, digging into this episode. Yeah, so we're all tied up with two. This is what it all comes down to. That's right. It's Auburn's uh, point guard, Eddie Johnson, and Alabama's point guard, Mo Williams. Who you got? Mo Williams. He says Mo Williams. <laughs> all right, so tell uh, a little on, on Mo Williams here. Is it just because he scored uh, 45 points for them in a video game one time? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but it's a very close matchup. Yeah, I, th I think it's pretty close, too. Both these guys really contributed. I, I think uh, Mo Williams definitely more of a point guard than Eddie Johnson, although Eddie Johnson has impressive assist numbers, so definitely getting his teammates involved. Uh, but that, th this is a pretty close matchup, I feel like. I mean, we got a 3-2 win for uh, for Alabama here. And I think they would easily win on the court, though. Yeah, what about Charles Barkley, though? I mean, I feel like, you know, we, we can't dismiss that we have one of the greatest NBA players of all time. On okay, I Auburn actually game. think Auburn will win on the court. All right, glad we uh, turned that around. <laughs> um, I, I think I think it'll be really interesting. I, I agree. Like the talent is kind of better spread out over the over the Alabama squad. But now I'm thinking like I think it's Auburn. Yeah, because I mean it, you you yeah I mean it, it's a deep enough squad. I mean I, I don't love Matt Geiger on, on as, at center on that team, but I mean probably can do enough physically to uh, match up with Antonio McDice a little bit. The rest of the team is pretty solid. Yeah. So um, if you're enjoying, please leave a rating, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, we really appreciate uh, any reviews uh, or ratings, as Amelia mentioned, that you might leave wherever you listen to uh, to your podcasts. And uh, we'll be back in just a couple of days with uh, some more content for you. Hello! Mills was, uh, was dying to get that in. If you uh, want, want to get in touch with us, you can uh, reach out to us at uh, barnardsontheNBA at uh, gmail.com or on social media on Twitter at barnardsonnba. Thanks uh, so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye.